Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Marketing Matters Podcast. I am sat here, well, again, here. I'm not actually here with David. David is still in his uh, beautiful Bluebell Wood in Broadbottom. I'm sat in, in my home in Glossop. But we're hoping this might be the last one we're having to do remotely next week. I think both of us are planning to head back to the office, obviously socially distancing with the best of them, but we have enough space in the office to be able to do that. So I think for the last time, David, remotely, hello. Hello, and I might say I have already returned to the office uh, in splendid isolation, and I think it's fair to say that we, as a natural course, are socially distanced. So, but Both I have physically been, and emotionally, uh, some been, would say. <laughs> well, some would say, but I've also been preparing for the onslaught to put socially considered signs up around the place, telling people to stay away. <laughs> and apparently, and apparently, something. we've got to prop open all the fire doors as well. So, <laughs> shh. Anyway. Onto the subject. We, we thought we'd been taking quite a lot of high-level discussions recently, talking about philosophy and all of that sort of thing. So we thought this week we would bring it back down to earth and talk uh, about the importance of using a good mix of sort of both content and sort of medium when media when you're planning your, your marketing communications rather than just relying on, on a single channel. And this thought actually came to me uh, when I was reading an article on the importance of email sender reputation, which is quite, it was a very dry and technically boring article, so I won't go into it too much detail but maybe we'll touch on that later but David on this subject of the importance of a good mix in your communications and the keep maintaining the reputation in your sort of marketing mix what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it, it's very important that you, you do as you say. But I think we've also, where you're coming at it from a, a fairly technical perspective, wanting to make sure that, that things are appropriate technically. But I think that needs to be balanced with the absolute critical fact that any communication you have sits well and reflects your actual business proposition so that you're communicating the, the messages that your, your business wants to get out to tell people who you are and what you do. So I think, yeah, it is that balance between uh, on the one hand, making sure you're saying the right things, but the other hand, making sure you're saying them yeah, in the right I, way. And actually, I think you, you're absolutely right. That saying the right things is probably, well, I was going to say it's probably the most important, but it is. And ultimately, if you're not saying the right things, then it doesn't matter how good technically you are at getting them out there. You might as well not bother. So I think, yeah, I would argue to say that actually saying the right things is the first, the most important thing. And get making sure that your your content is good and relevant. But once you've done that, I think that the, sort of the thing that was made me start thinking about this is ultimately that good content is only useful if people actually it ends up in front of people and so it's about how do you ensure that you can't ensure it but how do you sort of maximize the possibility that people are actually going to see your content and that's where this this thing about i mean obviously we email is probably one of the the longest running communication media we've used and increasingly making sure that your technically your sending infrastructure has a good reputation is increasingly important and i just sort of it made me think about well is that important in other things as well around sort of social media okay there's not the same technicalities but are there factors in terms of when you're running your social media that will improve the reputation that you have with your for the people you're interacting with yeah i i i think it's it is this balance and and i think the problem is that it's very easy to get sucked into one direction or the other that that you can be fixated on getting the technicalities right to try and make the communication perfect without really thinking about what it is that you're saying 
or conversely have a great message but unfortunately nobody sees it because the technicalities of of how you're trying to communicate your message just don't work and i think if you have email emails are a really interesting one because there is a perception that all unsolicited email if you like is spam and that people say oh i just i don't read any email and i just think it's complete rubbish because everybody any email that comes to your inbox you at least read the either the subject line or who it's from to give you an idea as to whether or not you should just delete it and people yes people get frustrated when a lot of rubbish does come in your inbox and undoubtedly it does and that's where i think the importance of having good relevant content comes in but it doesn't matter how good your content is if it's just disappearing straight into somebody's spam box and but they I, don't see it. So, but I do think, yeah, I think you make on. an interesting point there about the ultimate spam filter is someone's brain and whether they can be bothered to read something. Uh, and as you say, often with, particularly with email, but social media and everything as well, the first thing they're looking is who's sending it and what's the subject line. And if the person who's sending it, they think, oh, that's BSA, they usually send some interesting stuff, then that's in, it means you effectively have a decent reputation in their head so they're more likely to read it and ultimately they get that reputation because of the fact that in the past you have delivered or or we have delivered good content and I think I suppose this is where I was coming from in that the sender reputation when you talk about it for email is all about SPF records and DKIM and all these complicated technical things which I won't go into but actually the most important reputation is the one that you have for delivering good content in the eyes of your readership the relevant readership yeah, and that that reputation is something that can be quite difficult to build and if you're not careful, very easy to lose. So it, it is well worth making sure that you, you you basically, I think you need to respect yeah, and, and your respect audience. Respect your audience and acknowledge the fact that every time you're asking them to read something, you are effectively asking them to give you some of their time. And so you've got to make sure that you are exactly, um, yeah. respecting that and, and delivering something of value. And ultimately, if you do that, that will <laughs> enhance your reputation. And, and I think it really is a win-win because at the end of the day, if content that you're sending over isn't benefiting the people who are reading it, then why on earth should they be listening to it? Why are you, why are you saying that to them? This idea that you can, quote-unquote, sell something and because what you're selling is so darn fantastic, people who really aren't interested are suddenly going to be interested is just not the way it works. It's It's about relationships it's about trust it's about confidence um, and it's about relevance yeah. and I, I think it, when you say about the, the trust and the relevance and things we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast about the importance of having a good mix of, of platforms and I think that's part of it because you you mustn't think well I, I, like, I like sending out emails or I like doing podcasts so I expect everybody to get my message through those medias you ha- have to accept that each individual person will have a favorite way in which they absorb news and information and I think it's your part of your job as a content creator or our job as a content creator to make sure that they can access that our content on their favorite platform and in their favorite media so whether it's a podcast whether it's an email whether it's social media it's important to get a good mix of those so people can effectively as I say they can consume the content and, and gain the benefit of your knowledge through the media that they they enjoy using Absolutely. I think it's it's a very easy trap to fall into to say, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I use Facebook or Don't I get use, me started Facebook's on that probably one, the biggest one. But <laughs> OK, but but it actually, I mean, whatever our views of Facebook are, there are an awful lot of people who do use it and, and get a lot of benefit from it. So I think 
we can't dismiss Facebook because there is an audience out there who use it. But equally, there is a, a big audience who don't use Facebook. And then you, this is where you need to understand your market and the people you're trying to engage with. And it's about picking, if we're talking about having a, a good communications portfolio, part of that is picking the, the communications tools that you know are going to connect with the people you want to yeah, connect and with. Yeah, and a good example of that is there is a local restaurant in Glossop called the Caskin Kitchen. Hello, Caskin Kitchen. And they, are, during the lockdown, they basically have closed the restaurant and are just doing deliveries. They basically open up uh, delivery slots on a Tuesday. And if you're not in by probably 20 minutes after they've uh, opened them up, uh, you don't get in. And I never get a look in because they do it all on Facebook. And I have to accept that obviously that for them is being very successful. So it's it's my loss. So, you know, as a business, Facebook is definitely working for them. And so that I absolutely applaud the fact that they're using it. And there's no reason why they should go anywhere else if they can do what they need to do on Facebook. So I think you're absolutely right about it is about looking at what your business does, you know, looking at your business and deciding what mix of, of media you should be using to get your message out to the people you want to get it out to. Yeah, but I, I, I yes, but I think there is always going to be a danger in putting all your eggs in one basket and i think that just because something is is working for you is you know that's great but i think you should have half an eye on uh, what other I, other options are there i would never suggest that you've got to try and do everything but i think the idea of having communications going out through perhaps two or three or three or four different channels consistently is maybe a, a more sustainable approach than than just relying on, on one channel. I mean, you know, the, this whole COVID-19 lockdown situation has shown how things can crop up that completely out of left field that are, are causing some real issues for many, many people. And stuff happens. And, and I think that and, and a way of of mitigating against that risk is to yeah, is to spread your options so that you're you're not overly reliant in any yeah, one area. And, and it's definitely the case that you know they've always said that whether it's investments, whether it's business, whatever, the idea of a portfolio where you are not relying on an individual route or an individual investment, it allows you to be much more flexible and much easier to sort of weather situations where the proverbial hits the fan, as it were. And I think that's absolutely true. And I think that if you take that example with with Facebook, it's great at the moment. But if Facebook suddenly decided, oh, we've got all these people who are using this as a mechanism for getting their marketing done, we want to monetize that. And suddenly, to some extent, this is already happening. What was a free method of getting your message out there suddenly becomes uh, Facebook would say well if you want to get this message out you're going to pay for it and then they immediately become in, in control uh, and almost have a monopoly over your uh, your marketing communications which is never a good thing so as you say diversification on that level is also a, a good thing i was just going to say i was going to take an, another view and that is that whatever tools you do use it's it's important that you understand how they work and I think I'm going to come back to an example of email here which I think is um, an interesting one because we've had it on more than one occasion when we, we've sent emails out on behalf of clients and the, the, the initial response has come back why hasn't everybody opened it why hasn't everybody read it and and actually our experience and, and sort of experience generally is that Typical open rates in, in emails, in business-to-business -business emails, are of the order of 15 to 20% is, is not untypical. So, you know, if you want to look at put that in perspective, it means that out of every five people, only one of them is reading an email and saying, well, that's not very good. But actually, you've then got to take a step back and say, well, 
It's not just about sending one email and how many people have read it, but I have a policy where we send regular emails. Do people engage with our efforts? And so rather than worrying about how many people have perhaps opened or read a particular email, you should say, well, I'm sending emails regularly. How many people of the people I'm sending to actually read them? It doesn't matter if they don't read yeah. all of them. And I think normally what you will find is, and this is certainly consistently what we find, is that while the open rate for any given individual email may be of the order of 15 to 20%, that if you look at how many people read my emails, albeit not all of them, you're probably seeing closer to 50, 60% or more well, I, of yeah. your target market gets covered. I mean, I've actually got a good example of that because uh, I was actually looking at this for a client just uh, just the other week and there was an email that was sent out that had a read rate of 25%. and Which in itself is quite good. It is not bad. And his reaction uh, was, well, what about the other 75%? Does this mean, you know, they're not getting my message? And we looked, I, I but did exactly what you were saying. I said, well, hang on a minute. Okay, so 25% have read, read this one. What about if we look at it over the last six months and look at people who have read emails over the last six months? And that that 75% unopened rate or 75% non-engagement rate dropped to 30%. So over the, over the last six months, the number of people who had engaged with a message wasn't 25%. It was more like 70%. And I think this, I mean, we, we have a long time advocated the idea that marketing is a process, not an event. And this, is, this just demonstrates it perfectly. And I think it's true of social media as well. The chance of someone seeing a particular tweet is quite low. But if you're sending a consistent message over time through Twitter, through Facebook, through email, through your website, then that message will get home. Uh, and I think so that's the important. It is this importance of repetition and keeping it interesting and keeping the, the good content consistent over time is what it's really important rather than having that killer email that everybody's going to read. Yeah. And, and I think as, as, as well as having your messages going out in different ways, it, uh, as a balance to that, you also need to have different ways that people can respond to your messages mm. because not everybody is going to just reply to a tweet or ring you up. I mean, numerous times we've had it where actually the response the initial response that we've had to our marketing is relatively disconnected it might just be a you know we might be in a networking session where where somebody comes to us and starts talking about something that they've read so there's no direct oh click here now for this it's just the message has been building up over time as as they have read our, our content and then it's actually an opportunity when we meet face to face that can then trigger the move to the next step where they they come and, and start talking to us about the the stuff that we've been uh, we've been sending and so whether it's that or whether give people a chance to ring you if that's what they want give people a chance to reply by email if that's what they want or give people a chance to engage with you face to face that mm. they the different people work in different ways and so spreading the opportunity is is very valuable although obviously face to face at the moment is via a uh, a video link because you're not allowed to actually meet people face to face at the moment well now you're almost are now I think you, you as long as you keep far enough apart I, I but, but you you then take you know zoom becomes ubiquitous yeah. and actually in some ways I think there is more face-to-face -face going on albeit well, yeah, over maybe. over uh, over an internet connection yeah, so maybe it's true yeah. and and things will change and we will be able to actually uh, see the whites of people's eyes directly with uh, not uh, through a video filter but anyway that's on to a, a different subject and I think it's probably a good place to, to finish it um, we, we normally sort of try and finish it with uh, some ideas as to what you could do if the uh, podcast has resonated with you so David what would you 
your sort of takeaway from from this discussion be? Um, well, I'm I'm going to stick with email because there was something that happened this week, and I thought it 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 made me smile because it can happen to anybody. And the basic message is: if you are sending bulk or mass emails out using Outlook, stop. It Outlook is not a good email tool. And then it was brought home where the, the people who are setting up the government track and trace scheme have just had to apologise and admit that, that they released the email addresses of 300 people who had signed up for track and trace simply because whoever had sent the, well, I believe this is the case, but simply because the person sending the email had just cc'd everybody on the email and you see it's a lot do that at least use bcc yeah but and and you know these people are trying to head of government doing all of these uh sort of governmenty type things and it happens everywhere and the most surprising thing for me was that they were using outlook to send a message to 300 people but hey ho it's but no if you're using outlook as an email marketing communication tool as opposed to just an email communication tool stop and use use a proper system and and as a proper system you know mail you don't have to pay a lot for it mailchimp is a good system and you know as long as you're happy to accept the mailchimp branding and you haven't got a huge list it's you know it's a fully featured system for free so uh, yeah there's no excuse really i think these days for using outlook for email marketing but, no uh, so i would i would i would advocate i would definitely second that the thing i would add to that is is to look at your analytics as well i mean email has very good analytics but so most social media platforms now have have good analytics as well and look at those and see how people are engaging with your message when they're engaging with it if they're not engaging with it then you know acknowledge that and maybe think you have to do something about it but definitely use the analytics that are available just to to help you have a window into uh, how your message is being received. Yeah, and and I, I will finish off with two for the price of one. I would say with all this talk of sort of internet communication and email and social media and websites and what have you, don't discount traditional methods, um, old old fashioned regular mailings. Um, I mentioned networking as a, you know original face to face networking. These are can be very powerful tools but that's the first part of my two for one the second one is just to come bring it back and say um something i talked about a a few minutes ago whatever you're doing make sure that you are effectively communicating that you know what your business proposition is and the messages that you're sending out reflect what your business does because the best message in the world if it isn't actually saying what you do is not going to be helpful and i think we will leave it there i think until next time if you've enjoyed uh, our podcast you'll find more of them on podcast.bsamarketing.com you'll also find the same sort of information and content in blog format on our website bsamarketing.com and also there'll be links to that and also uh, just our general sort of comments and you can interact with us on social media at bsa marketing and that's predominantly on twitter and linkedin so until next time when hopefully we will be able to sit in the same room together obviously still two meters apart but at least in the same room so until then stay safe and happy marketing bye